Greetings, Noose Little Pod listeners. This is your host, Matt Gore, reminding you to please like, follow, subscribe, and share the podcast on your available podcast apps such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and any other podcast app you can think of. Share our episodes on Facebook and let us know what you think with a comment or review. Now please enjoy the show. Good evening and welcome to Noose Little Podcast. This is an audio program talking about the backstage antics and stories of running a small town community theater on the banks of the Noose River located in Smithfield, North Carolina. We lovingly refer to the old girl as the Hut. We hope you enjoy. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Noose Little Podcast. Uh, we have a very special episode for you this evening where we have the cast and director of the new show at Noose Little Theater, Monte Carlo. That is Monte Carlo uh, by Lydia Strick, and it's going to be playing February 17th, 18th, and 19th. The 19th is a 3 p.m. matinee, and the 24th and 25th. So that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then the next Friday and Saturday. All shows besides the 19th are start at 8 p.m., and if you need to reserve tickets, just call 919-934-1873. <laughs> and we'll uh we'll get you a seat there we uh i have it on good authority that we will soon accept credit cards Ooh, yes yes finally joining the <laughs> finally joining the the 21st century as it were up in here in this little theater so we're excited about that not quite not this show but it's on the horizon people so just bear with us okay i am sitting here with six people so we got a full house for you here today so we're going to do our best to keep the sound levels manageable, but it won't be perfect, as nothing in life is. So we're going to start right across from me on the table. Uh, please introduce yourself, ma'am. I'm Virginia Edwards, and I play Maggie. Maggie. All right. Thank you for being here. And you, sir? Uh, my name is Bowen Thompson. I play the game show host and Eddie. Making his second appearance on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming back. And you, ma'am? Jules McAllister. I'm playing Daisy Rose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And making her uh, second or third appearance on the podcast, yes. Stephanie Varen, uh, I am the director and looking forward to inviting everybody to come out and see the show. Oh, we are looking forward to seeing it, that's for sure. And you, ma'am? My name is Janetta Davis and I'm playing the lovely Angela. Uh, Patsy's not here tonight and she, uh, she had a previous commitment on Wednesdays, but we do uh, wish her fondly because she's been on several podcasts so she said do this one without me it's, it's probably okay <laughs> the, the the audience will survive <laughs> but we're thinking about you patsy we miss you all right so let's uh let's ask stephanie here uh, what is this play about what is monte carlo about well we start out uh the first two acts are actually just kind of a memory of daisy's um dealing with her life as a lifelong factory worker in a biscuit uh, factory in London, England. Mm-hmm. Um, she is taking care of her mother. Her mother raised her and her sister until her sister was 16 um, on her own. And so we learn about her husband Charlie, their father, and the life that they've shared together. Mom has always been a seamstress and is no longer able to care for herself. And so Daisy has now become a caregiver. Okay. Now, you mentioned uh, it does takes place in London, England, and I was doing a little bit of research on the play before I got here, and it is it is kind of an English play, right? It is an English play. So, when we say biscuits, we're probably talking cookies, and when we say football, we're probably mean, in America, it's soccer. 
So she wins like the football lottery or something. That's what they call it, yes. Yeah, it sounds like something fantasy football related with soccer. <laughs> something along those lines. Um, so you said it's a memory play. The first two acts are memory. So they are little vignettes that go through different days in her life, different parts of her memory. And then after she learns, uh, learns that she has won the lottery, she then plans a trip of a lifetime to take her and her mother to Monte Carlo. She's always, her dream has always been to travel, and the first place she wanted to go was to France. Interesting. And uh, so, does that happen? Is all the first act kind of vignette? I don't want to get too much away, but is all the first act kind of vignettes? It is. Okay, and then it starts in real time in the second. And, well, the final, the final yeah. after intermission. Gotcha, gotcha. No problem. All right, let's talk about the characters in this play. So let's uh, let's let's go ahead and start with you, ma'am. Let's talk, tell us about your character. I play Maggie, who is a longtime co-worker of Daisy's in the biscuit factory. Um, she is um, little, probably a little bit younger than Daisy. Um, she has a bunch of kids and a husband that doesn't do a whole lot to help support them. And so she's very stressed, very anxious, and always worried about how she's gonna make things meet. Yeah. Interesting. So let's take it over here to Jules. How does your character play it? Let's tell, tell us about your character. Well, it is a lovely, lovely, opportunity for me personally i've never held the lead in a show so i'm i feel very honored for this position and it has just been amazing just seeing the different ways that you can play a character because you know when i first read the script i saw it one way but then when we're all together and then seeing seeing stephanie's vision it's really just so interesting how it all comes together and to form. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that is usually what happens when you read the script. You kind of form an idea in your head, mm -hmm. and then when you get to rehearsal, it usually changes more often than not. Um, let's take it over to you, ma'am. How does your character factor into all that? Yeah. So my character is Angela. My character is Angela, and she's the young. The young chick out of the bunch she works at a factory and you know well me personally I worked at a factory before and there's a lot of older people around so I've always been the younger one so uh, basically she's very close and uh, with the main character Daisy so um, she's her home girl um, a little bit about Angela is like she's artistic she loves to paint she's like boy crazy Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it, it doesn't stray far from, like, me personally. I've never been great at painting or, like, drawing per se, but I've always been in love with the arts. Um, I've been in acting, acting classes. I love singing. I write poetry and songs. So it's not far. There's not much that I necessarily have to do. But while everyone has a british accent i'm from the islands the west indies uh -huh. so i am going to have a spanish accent i'm not gonna say it on the podcast you're gonna have to come to the show <laughs> <laughs> so no teasers no freebies but just know this is an amazing cast i love working with everybody here that's so awesome mm -hmm. now you mentioned that everybody is doing english accents how are, how are those coming along oh my um <laughs> 
I was thinking about this when Stephanie asked um, and told us that there would be a British accent and we would need to give it our best go during the auditions. Um, I've always liked British TV shows and movies, watched a lot, been to London twice, and I did find that I'm a fairly good mimic. So mm -hmm. while I'm there, I do tend to fall into the patterns of how people around me speak. I said, okay, I can, you know, maybe I can do this. Um, gave it a shot at audition, and I guess Stephanie saw something in me that I ended up being cast, and um, I immediately started watching, re-watching all kinds of British shows. So, um, Call the Midwife has been one. Upstairs, Downstairs has been another. Um, also, podcasts and things. Um, I love listening to Nigella Lawson talk. Um, so, it's been kind of exposing myself to it over and over and over just to try to internalize mm -hmm. the accent um, because I have somewhat of a southern one myself to start with. <laughs> so that has been um, a real challenge mm -hmm. for me, but it's been kind of, I wanted to stretch, get out of the box. So this has been a great way to do it. Well, southern accents and English accents are very close cousins, um, so it's not too much of a too much of a stretch. Uh, I'm like you when it comes to doing accents and stuff. Where I don't try to do the accent, I try to mimic somebody I've heard mm -hmm. do the accent, and yeah, mimic usually comes easier. Uh, Bowen, let's talk about your character here. So you're playing like you, you got two here going on. Tell me all about that. Yeah, so I play two characters. Uh, the first character that I start off with is at the beginning of Act Two. He is the game show host, and while everyone else is doing an English accent or a West Indies accent, uh, the game show host, I actually was able to convince Stephanie to let him be Scottish. Uh huh. <laughs> so that's going to be a fun time on the stage, uh, mimicking a Scottish accent, and I'm. Going. Scottish is much more difficult than English. Yeah. And <laughs> Rock and kills it. Yeah, I'm very thankful. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm very thankful that I know Gerard Butler because that's going to save me a lot of time. Is he Scottish? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. Uh, I, I'm very tempted to ask you to do it, but no. I'm going to defer to her and like, we're just going to have to come see the play yep. and uh, <laughs> see these wide range of accents on stage. Accents are always tricky there, Stephanie. You know, it's, uh, it's one of those things uh, if... If it sounds good, try it. But if it doesn't, we might have to abandon it. But it seems like everybody got took it really seriously from the get go and had a uh, has a good handle on it. Is that, is that they have had a good handle on it. We have um, had to pull some cockney out mm -hmm. of the accents. Um, we're playing a little bit. I won't say lower class, but they're the working class. Yeah, yeah. So look at and that. so our tendency as Americans is to go Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. And we're trying to, you know, we pulled yeah. that out, and we're doing very well. That's a, that's a good choice. You don't want, you don't. It, it's either everybody sounds like the King of England or Queen of England, or they mm -hmm. sound like a Monty Python character, you know, fresh in your drink, Gatna, and that type of stuff. So it's good to find a balance there to get to make a, these people seem real instead of caricatures. That's good. Um, all right. So now, do you use an accent? Obviously, you're in London, England. So you use use an accent as well. How's it coming along for you? Well, I'm learning to ride with reins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm more of the mother, in real life, I'm a mother of four, so I've got the, you know, the Mary Poppins and the Oliver and the, all of the, all of the movies. So in my head, I'm hearing Cockney, and so, 
And of course, the first two weeks of having the script, I'm hearing it, I'm going like, okay, exactly how would Dick Van Dyke say this? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I'm having to, you know, rein in a lot and just kind of reshape how I hear it in my head mm -hmm. so it comes out of my mouth the way that, that it is intended. Interesting, interesting. Now it's interesting to always talk about the processes along those lines. Um, so when it comes to, are you more the comic relief character? Is that what I'm picking up on here? <laughs> the comic relief? Um, okay, so I'm basically just trying to be like extra and um, <clears throat> Daisy is supposed to be the comedian of, of the three girls. So I just pump her up and I'm, I'm like her like big support you know when it comes to the jokes and i support her because i feel like she could have been a comedian okay like, so you know so daisy's <laughs> so the I'm more just... comedic here so yeah it, it is like a dramedy right stephanie yeah, it, it is, is a dramedy yeah. yeah yeah um daisy has a character or a relationship with her mother that's different than with her friends at the factory and so her friends see a different side of her like we all do we have a different relationship with our family that they don't always see some of our outgoing or our characters that we bring up with uh, family or folks outside the family. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's normal for sure, yeah. Now, I was reading when I was doing some research for the play before I got here, um, just to have some idea of what I was talking about, um, at least fake it. The, the idea of the spinster, the, the, spins, the idea of the spinster is kind of really placed under a microscope and examined in this play, wouldn't you say? It is. So let's talk about that a little bit. The ideas of, of these characters that are quote-unquote spinster, that's not a word we have in, that we use in 2022. <laughs> um, but it used to refer to in older literature and movies and such. Uh, a woman who's unmarried past the age 30, 35, although that, that fluctuates if you go if you go back hundreds of years ago, like, well, you're... You're 19 and don't have four kids by now? What's going on? And and I think in this, what era does it take place in, Steph? It's set in 1980s. Uh -huh. um, but Daisy was born during World War II. And she explains what happens to her father. Um, her father and her mother married. They had their daughter. He went off to war, came back, and then they had Daisy. Or had her sister. That's okay. They went off to war after having her younger or her older sister uh -huh. and then he came back on leave from World War II and they had Daisy uh -huh. and he went back to war gotcha and yeah. never came back home I was about to say I was about to say I'm sure he was just fine and he came back and raised <laughs> his family and all's well that ends well no uh, without giving too much away uh, so uh, we don't is Daisy is Daisy? I'm correct in saying Daisy's like the kind of the prototypical spinster character in this, right? She is, but we've discovered something about her in going through this play that'll be interesting for the audience to put a 21st century viewfinder on. Good. I mean, I think that's always important because you, you got to have it. Uh, you got to be able to relate to it, you know, to like it. Yeah. You know? uh, so. I, um, that's interesting. Usually, usually when we do these, um, people are, people are forthcoming about the, about what's going on in the play, but it seems like almost everybody here is just holding their cards very close to the vest, which I find very interesting. <laughs> because we don't want to give away too much, you know, um, we want people to come out, see it, mm -hmm. enjoy everything. Mm -hmm. 
Look at this beautiful talent. <laughs> there Indeed. was somebody who was in um, the play the other day just helping us with lines, and she had seen parts of the first two acts, but not the third. And she was very surprised mm -hmm. with the outcome of it. So I think we all kind of have that in mind. And again, we don't want to have any spoilers. No, we don't want spoilers. Um, so let's talk about the hut. Let's shift our conversation from the play to the actual working here in the hut. Uh, we're sitting in the old girl now. We're upstairs in the booth, the tech booth. Um, but let's talk about the actual working here. Uh, is this your first, this is your first experience here, right? Yes, this is my very first time here. Tell us what brought you here to our humble hut. Okay, so I made a plan in 2023. I'm actually going to pursue acting more. And I was like, online, I'm on Google and I'm looking for it because I previously moved to North Carolina um, three years ago. I'm from Connecticut. So I'm like, okay, so let's see what's happening down here. So I looked up on Google and they had auditions the very next day. So... Um, so, uh, so you're interested in pursuing acting as a, as a, as a career more or just, yes, yes, uh, more. Okay. excellent, excellent. And I feel like this is like a good start. It's a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. We, we love new people here. We always, we always try to invite new people with, uh, open arms and stuff. And yeah. And it's a good stepping stone into the first little process, you know, let's talk about you, uh, Ms. McAllister. What well, brought you here? Because we, because we've met before. We we met uh, at the auditions for uh, Benson for their season auditions. And yes. Yeah. Um. I remember. I remember your audition vaguely. I saw seventy some people, but yes, I do remember your audition <laughs> vaguely. <laughs> yes. So tell us what brought you here to uh, up to Smithfield, North Carolina. Well, last summer I was privileged enough to be allowed to do my very first theater arts camp at Benson Theater. And it was a blast. I had five to seven-year-olds from nine to noon. I had eight to ten-year-olds from one to four in the afternoon. And it just, it was spectacular. Um, we had ended up with a wide variety show so that the kids could perform anything they wanted. I, one of the things that I do, <laughs> for the last 30 years, my husband and I own our own glass company. So I own Blue Sky Glass. And that's a, a thing that I do all of the time, but in the last year and a half, I added on being a teacher to my, to my list of credits. And so I teach at the Homeschool Experience with Tony Pender. Wow, you know Tony. Tony, yes. Oh, wow, okay. So Tony is actually who, I, I happened to see him at our Holiday Bazaar, and I was saying, well, gosh, you know, I live right there in Benson. Do you think the the news theater would be open to having a theater camp? And he said, I have no idea, but you should contact them. And so they're on 12, 12, 22. I'm, I'm on the computer and I see that they already had auditions the night before and there's auditions tonight. And I'm like, well, my goodness, if I'm offering my services, Maybe I should actually look inside the building. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be a polite thing to do. <laughs> and so um, I saw the beautiful invitation that said, we're always looking for new faces. Come and meet some goofy people. And that just sounded exactly like me. Goofy, yes, that would be a tagline of mine. <laughs> so it, it's been amazing. I had no idea when I walked in 
that I would even had a chance. I've, I've only auditioned honestly for musicals because there's so many parts and mm -hmm. you know, I guess I've limited myself because I've never even auditioned for a play that had four women because I'm thinking, my gosh, the talent around here is just outrageous, you know? And just lucky for me, Stephanie saw, saw something and here I am. <laughs> Well, you do have a very uh, bubbly personality. I can tell from that. Just uh, just speaking to you uh, 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 across the table for you on this podcast, so that's uh, that's good. I, I'm glad. I'm glad uh, that you uh, decided to step your foot in the door here and see what we're all about. You, ma'am, uh, how did you get here? This is your first play here, correct? Yes, this is so my first play here. So we got one, two, three new people in this cast, and we got Bone returning for his third. And we got Patsy coming back. I don't know how many plays Patsy's been in, but <laughs> she's not new. Um, uh, so that's good. That's, that's, that's very encouraging. I'm sorry. Tell us how, how you got here. Um, well, I'm a longtime native of this area, so um, I'm pretty familiar with the um, little towns around. And I actually live over in Harnett County, uh -huh. and I had tried out for a couple of pr productions at their little theater in Dunn. Um, I thought I read pretty well, but the mass of talent, like Jewel was saying, that was there was just incredible. Um, and I said, okay, I just got to keep doing this. And my husband <coughs> says, you know, every time it's like, you know, interviewing for jobs. It's always a learning experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, keep doing it. And I saw a posting for um, the one here and I'm like, okay, well, that's not too far of a drive. Um, so I came by and auditioned, um, and here I am. Like I said, this is stretching myself and trying to um, get a little bit broader out there, especially since I've retired. So <laughs> <laughs> something new and different. Now all you need is a lottery. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I played that lottery, but it hadn't happened yet. We've got that in North Carolina for sure. Um, yeah, and that and what you were saying is 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 true. If you're not, for me anyway, I can't speak for anybody else. But if I'm going into a new uh, uh, theatrical project, whether it be as a director or as an actor or even a producer, if you don't have just a little bit of fear, I feel like you're not growing. Just leave room for a little fear is what I'm saying. Stretch yourself and kind of take that first step into the unknown as all three of you have done mm -hmm. and here we are talking on this podcast and that never would have happened before <laughs> so uh so uh bowen you keep coming back this is your third show yeah so you keep coming back and and i love it i love it don't get me wrong but i want to know why i want to know what <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> what i mean what i mean is i want to know what keeps you keeps you coming back to come for the next show because there's a lot of people uh, kids that are like oh i did one show there that's cool and now i'm gonna go do something else but no we you, you keep coming back so i i want to know your your motivation for that well i still am doing a lot because uh, i just recently started learning the guitar but oh, nice. i came back for murders announced because i wanted to try it out just for a second show because my experience in The Outsiders was amazing, and then I also knew that Tony was directing it, mm -hmm. and I absolutely love Tony as a director because he directed The Outsiders, so I wanted to come do another show with him. I didn't know what I was getting into because I know Monte Carlo is for much older people, and I'm wow. 17, so much I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt, you made me feel old. 20 years ago, or however long it was, when you first came to working here at News Little Theater, and you did not know who 
Millie Vanilli was. I still don't know who Millie Vanilli was. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a, they're, they're like a, they were a singing the duo, right? And they, they were a they, lip syncing, singing Didn't duo. they get accused for like stealing songs or something? No. Lip no. It was what the was lip singing oh. because that was not oh, yeah, known exactly. at first. And they, they had to, it came out. They, they were kind of one hit wonders too. Okay. And all right, well, that's well, see, all of us that are chi- that, children that of the ice, 80s ice right? remember yeah. Millie Vanilli. That was Vanilla Ice. ice oh, ice, dang, hold baby. on. I do know who Vanilla Ice is. Exit out, exit out. Vanilla Ice was accused of stealing under pressure. Yep. Yes. So, taking it back from where you are at now, how have you evolved as a director? I could, I, I mean, we could talk and see how we've evolved as people, but let's. How have you evolved as a director? Because that was your first show. That was my third show ever. I think for me, I have become much more organized. Um, now, I am known to have my blocking already in a spreadsheet prior to auditions, mm-hmm. and my actors, when we go to read through, not only do they get their script, but they get their blocking, and it's by page and by line so that they know and that's general blocking it's not all the little nuances and details that gets filled in as we're working and I also tell them at the beginning that this is how I've envisioned it but once we put it on stage things may change and things have changed (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I think that's my biggest thing is I've learned how to communicate in the language in which my actors speak Mm -hmm. um if I've got a dancer and they're not understanding my blocking, I can explain it to them in a dancer's vocabulary. Mm-hmm. If I'm talking to somebody who is a musician, I can give it to them in a musician's vocabulary. So for me, it's learning my actors as we work together and being able to communicate what I'm envisioning by the um, things that are they're presenting to me. Interesting, yeah, uh, and uh, let me correct myself. It was 2009, not 2008, that we did Lend Me a Tenor. Um, so, let's see. So, I would love to ask you more about the play, but I'm a, I, I don't want to spoil anything. It seems you guys are reluctant to talk to uh, not Not in a bad way. I don't mean that in a bad way. It's actually a very interesting way. It, it makes the podcast fresh. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, um, is there anything that you'd like to tell us about this play that you that is uh, not revealing too much that you haven't already said? Oh, I think for Act Three, with it being the f- beginning of the show, as I said, the first two acts are vignettes, and it's on a black box stage. Mm-hmm. And then our amazing set painters are doing mm-hmm. an amazing set that will be revealed in Act Three. Yeah. That is absolutely gorgeous i was that was my next question is how do you visually represent uh i don't know if you've gotten that far yet maybe you definitely have some idea but how are you visually transition from the from the memory play to the actual quote-unquote real play i have the set blacked out draped um in the first two acts and then at intermission there'll be a conversion of the set and all will be revealed yeah do you connect with this material in any in any personal way? I do. Um, I when I first started reading this play, I didn't know how to wrap my to gather a vision for it because it was a 
written and begin or in the front of the play that it's supposed to be in the Stanislavski. Stanislavski. Yeah. Uh, Stanislavski. Russian acting teacher. <laughs> style of theater. Not familiar with it. Didn't study. I didn't go to school for theater arts. I don't know these, you know, philosophies of acting. I know what I've learned by doing and by directing. So I couldn't wrap my head around what he was, Chi was envisioning for the show. But as I continued to read it, and my mother and I having a similar relationship that what Daisy and Lottie have in the show of being a daughter taking care of her parents, my father to begin with, and then my mom as her health declined, learning to take care of her and being that caretaker mm -hmm. and all that entails. Yeah. And then to right before this show went to auditions in September, auditions were in December, my mother passed away in September at the morning after the last show of the fall season. Yeah, um, and we offer our sincere condolences. Um, and I I don't know uh, about it as much as you do, but I do have a taste of that in my personal life because I was a caregiver to my grandmother for many years before she passed away in 2017. So I do have a little taste of that. And let's talk about that with the, uh, the actors here. So are they in a codependent relationship, the mother and the daughter? Yes. Yes. Okay, okay. Now, in your view, is this relationship healthy or unhealthy? Please. I think um, it's not healthy. Okay, why? Just because um, off of the conversation that they have and just without giving away too much, um, I'm not really sure how, how to like explain it without giving away too much, but... Um, um, well, okay, so first you have um, her mother, which her name is Lottie, and she's sort of like pressuring um, Daisy on how a woman is supposed to live through life and what she's supposed to acquire, as in for partnerships and things of that sort, and I feel like even though after your 20s and 30s we are still in a self-discovery, um, point and I feel like Daisy is trying to discover trying to discover herself and who she actually is. Go ahead you want to piggyback on that? Yeah I'll piggyback some and um, if I start going off too much on this just tell me to stop because <laughs> I was actually trained as a psychologist oh, and please. practiced oh, please. for I wanna, 20 plus years. Please. I wanna, I, so I that question's like oh no, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you talk about codependent relationships? There's something about them that's always not healthy. Just what she was saying there. And um, there is a long process to help people work through those kind of relationships and build on them what strengths they can pull from it. Um, in this case, the younger, the older daughter who has passed away um, in memory has become romanticized and mm -hmm. elevated perfect. for Lottie. Yes. She has mm -hmm. been, yes, she is the perfect one. Mm -hmm. And Daisy will never be able right. to match that mm -hmm. now. Um, you know, 
they're at a point of their life that um, long-term family therapy is not going to be for them. <laughs> but the big thing would be for Daisy to figure out how to live her own life. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, what um, Janasia was saying, that she's in this place where she's got to um, live her own life. She is in the caretaker role. She hates the thought of it changing and her mother passing away, but she sees it out there mm -hmm. just by age. She sees it out there. And, um, you know, so now she's really, and with the winning the money, mm -hmm. it's now freed her up to do things that before she could never have done that she's wanted. So it, she's at a crucial turning point, actually. Mm -hmm. And um, we get to see her struggle with that. Yes. One of the things I really like about all of the characters is personally, I can relate to each of the characters. Like, I've been the artsy, fun, great friends with the older crowd mm -hmm. in, at, at my various jobs. I am a mother up with too many children, four children, mm -hmm. um, and, and all that comes with that and the stresses of how are we going to pull all of this off and, you know, and my father actually had um, his first stroke when I was 17 and it drastically changed my path in life. I had a set path that, you know. <laughs> I had a really, really great set path I'd been working on, but when my father, you know, there's, I'm a daddy's girl, and that made me, made the decision to not leave, go to out-of-state college, to stay at home, go to the little university in my town so I could be with my dad. And I take care of my mother-in-law, I, I mean, my grandmother and my mother-in-law. So I've been a caretaker again and again, and. I mean, most of my life. So I can relate to her. I relate to the mother-daughter relationship because, I mean, my mother was just perfect. But as a teenage daughter of a perfect person, you, you just hear criticism, you know. And, yeah. and as an adult mother, I can look back on conversations and go, oh, she was just loving me and she was just trying to help me and prepare me in a different way so you know it's strange how you could, how a 40-year span of time of one conversation can go from oh okay now i get it she loved me and she was only trying to help me it was not criticism that my mother was giving me so it's it's really interesting how each of the characters and working as a waitress i can relate to some of the characters that our beau has <laughs> so so it's, I just I've loved getting to know each of the parts of each of the characters it's been wonderful well there's a there's another little theme I'm kind of discovering here just sitting here talking with you fine people is that time time uh, it seems like most of the characters in this play are running out of time in one way or another and uh so, and we're running out of time here on the podcast. <laughs> so before we wrap it up here, is there any final thoughts, anything you wish to share about Noose Little Theater or the show? Please come. <laughs> <laughs> Hate to put you on the spot. It's been a great experience. Um, you know, I did not know exactly what I was walking into, but everybody has been so warm and welcoming 
and helpful in so many ways that um, come and see it. Um, if yeah, it might be more competition for me, but come audition. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, we have two shows left in the season. We have Mita's show coming up after this. Uh, mm -hmm. Her auditions are going to be February 20th and 21st, and that's for uh, another kind of dramedy, comedy. Like a rom-com. Rom-com. Uh, mm -hmm. Things My Mother Taught Me. And then after that, coming up on April 3rd and 4th, we have auditions for my show for... The, uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance. <laughs> Excellent. So we have a uh, great, uh, we have a great three shows to kind of close out our 48th season here at this little theater. Um, and I'm very excited and we're very close to, to uh, telling you guys about our next season. It's, it's moving quite along. Just give it a little bit more time. We'll have it, we'll have it ready for you. And we're very excited about that. And, uh, and, Number 50 is coming up very soon, and that's going to be <laughs> as, Mita, as Mita checks her blood pressure. <laughs> and that's going to be a very uh, big deal around here because uh, we've been entertaining the community here. Well, News Little Theater has been for 50 years. I've only been here since 2008. <laughs> so we, all gotta... we do have members and actors that have been here mm -hmm. since the beginning. Since the very beginning. And if you wow. want to know, it's true, it's true. And if you want to know more about the history of NLT, go to our first kind of 10, 15 episodes of the podcast where we interview people from uh, f from the beginning, from the people who signed the first charter. Yes, Tell us, Matt, where can we find these wonderful platforms? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Uh, you, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, what's that one I always forget? Bird Box. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I Heart Radio. I Heart Radio, yeah, that one. Anywhere you can get podcasts, our podcast is available for free. We've done 57 episodes, and the first kind of 15 or so are like the history of the theater. And then we kind of called up, and now we're just doing show by show. And instead of doing a bi-weekly podcast like we were beginning doing, we are just doing the podcast when we got something to say. You know, we don't want to try to artificially fill in stuff like, ooh, let's talk about the wigs this episode. <laughs> <laughs> there are some strange ones up here. <laughs> there is, but can I fill 45 minutes? <laughs> All right. Anyone folks. looking to um, donate wigs to the <laughs> musical theater, Go don't ahead. talk to us. Steven has decreed no more wigs. <laughs> We're running out of space, and he's tired of looking at them. <laughs> Creepy. Yes, a nice wig collection. Um, okay, so I just wanted to enclose that I'm so um, thankful and grateful that I was given this opportunity. Um, I also want to say thank you to the amazing director. She really works with me. Um, once again, uh, please come to see the show, uh, the dramedy uh, Monte Carlo by Lydia Strick. And it's going to be uh, going up February 17th, 18th, and 19th, and then the 24th and 25th. Once again, the 17th and 18th and 24th and 25th are 8 p.m. shows with the 3 o'clock matinee on the 19th. If you're trying to get to that 3 o'clock matinee, I highly encourage you to reserve your tickets because they usually sells out. So... Mm -hmm. Um, I want to thank these uh, lovely uh, five, six people. <laughs> Roy didn't have much to say. <laughs> Roy, tell, tell us uh, your experiences about the play. How are you having a good time here? Just kind of watching? Watching, listening, um, you know, sitting around watching. Um, I think it's um, beautiful, the art of the play. Have they roped you into working backstage yet? No. No one's asked you to work backstage yet? No. Wow. He skated by. Yeah. <laughs> I did ask him to audition, and he did read for me both nights, uh -huh. but then he decided, no, I'm good. <laughs> but Maybe. they still come to the practice. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Okay. All right. 
one day. So uh, thank you for these uh, six people uh, uh, sitting here and meeting here. Um, it's been it's been a jam-packed episode. We've got probably more people than we ever have before, I think. Uh, so we'll do our best in the editing process. Um, but uh, as for me, I am going to sign off now, and we are going to leave you until our next episode for News Little uh, Podcast. I am Matt Gore. That's my producer, Mita Tool. So We'll see you later. <laughs> Credits for the show. Your host and creator is Matt Gore. That's me. My producer and editor is Mita Tool. That's me. Music is by Cody Walker. Uh, please go look up Cody on uh, Cody Walker Music on YouTube. And he's also on Cody Walker Music on Facebook as well. He's local, so uh, and he's got a couple of albums out. You know, uh, Easy listening, John, John Denver type of uh, guitar voice, that Cody Walker. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.